Welcome, everyone, to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. I'm the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and I'm the executive director of the International Outreach and Disciple-Making Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. And these two ministries are the sponsors of this program. To learn more about either, go to breadoflifeboise.org or traincpe.org. From John 3 now and the words of Jesus Christ to Nicodemus, we see that it is possible to miss the present work of God that he wants to conduct in our lives because we load all of his promises into some far-off future date. Nicodemus had missed the promise of a present new life through the Spirit of God in scriptures because he casually or intellectually assigned to his nation this activity in some far-off point in time. He studied the Bible without a true heart for God and was left, as a result, without a saved heart from God. Let this not be said of any of you. That with all of his knowledge, all of his understanding of Scripture, he is is far from the kingdom of God and he's missed the primary lesson he should have learned. So, the Lord Jesus answers his question. And here's the third thing I want to point out. Nicodemus should have known how this new heart and this new birth can be. He should have known how it was that he could have a new heart. When the Lord Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus was referring to Ezekiel 36, 25 through 26. Jesus said, I say to you, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now look, by the way, some people say what the Lord Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is you you have to be baptized with believer's baptism before you can get into the kingdom of heaven. He wouldn't have known that. He wouldn't have known it. It wasn't in the plans up to this point in time. It was not something that he would have heard of or understood. It didn't take place until some time after that, that that was commanded and given at the very end of Christ's ministry before he ascended to heaven. No, what he would have known is what... Ezekiel had prophesied in Ezekiel 36. Then God says to Ezekiel, speaking to a nation that has been come under God's judgment and has been driven away from him because of their long ongoing history of not being able to give God from their heart what it is that God asked from them. Then there's coming a day when I'm going to make it possible you receive all the blessings that God has for you. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm by my spirit going to change your hearts. Then he writes, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean, and I will cleanse you of all your filthiness and all of your idols. The picture here is of that regenerative work of just being washed and cleansed of all their sins. It's a picture, it's a pictorial image, it's, it's language, a visual language used as a portrait of that time when God will come on the nation of Israel and he'll wash away all their sins. I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean and I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take away the heart of stone out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. We have to kind of understand who Ezekiel is speaking to at that moment of time. He's speaking to all the Jews, who the, the initial Jews who have been exiled from Judah and been led away into captivity in Babylon. And he's telling them that there is coming a day, a day of, for a new covenant with the whole nation of Israel that will change not the promises that God gave to Abraham before. And it will change not the requirements that God gave for individuals in the nation of Israel to live under God's blessing. But what will change is 
a nation now that will be given the capacity and ability from the heart as a whole, as a whole nation, to love God from the heart and obey Him from the heart in order to, and consistently and persistently obey Him in such a way that those blessings can be realized in their life and fulfilled. What's going to change is going to be a moment in the nation in which a wide regeneration of hearts will be crafted so that they will forever love and obey God. I told you to keep your Bibles open or keep a finger in Deuteronomy. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I want to read you verses 1 through 6. I want to show you that what Ezekiel is prophesying in Ezekiel is the same thing that Moses prophesies when he first brought Israel into the promised land. The prophecy is, you're going to fail at this. You're not going to be able to love God from your heart. It's not possible. The whole nation is going to fail at this, but there's coming a day in which God is going to change the heart of the whole nation at once in order that someday the whole nation can receive this blessing. And the new covenant promise is, in a sense, projecting itself to that point in time in which God will bring regeneration to the whole of the nation, not just to some individuals within it. Here's what Moses spoke at that time. Deuteronomy 30, let me read to you verses 1 through 6. Now it should come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call to mind among all the nations where the Lord drives you, and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. So the picture is they've been led away into exile, the very place where the people are in Babylon when Ezekiel writes to them. And Moses is seeing that day. According to all that I've commanded you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you among, uh, again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land of your, father, your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it, and he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. He's going to pour out that blessing that he promised upon you. And the Lord, how will this happen? How will this take place? And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. The Holy Spirit, God's own work upon you is going to make this possible for the whole nation and all the descendants so that God can bring this blessing upon your life. How can these things be? Nicodemus asked. Well, God will do it in one day for all the nation at one time. Actually, as Ezekiel is in Babylon speaking to these early exiles in, uh, that are in Babylon at that time, just prior to that or almost concurrent with that time, Jeremiah is back in Jerusalem where the last of the Jews that are holding on to their place and their standing in Judah are before they're exiled into Babylon as well. And Jeremiah is speaking to them. And Jeremiah is telling them that, listen, this has been the history of our people. God gave a promise to us to bless us, but we had to obey Him and love Him from our heart, and we failed to do it as a nation. And as a result, you're getting going to be led away into captivity. But at that point in time, Jeremiah gives them the same prophecy, basically, that Moses gave and that Ezekiel gave. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 31. 31 through 34. Here's what Jeremiah said to the people. Same thing that Ezekiel was saying. Same thing that Moses said so long before. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law on their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. 
No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Nicodemus should have known of the promise of a new heart and a new birth by the Spirit of God for the people of God. What was declared by Moses? What was declared through Jeremiah? What was declared through Ezekiel? What the Pharisees like Nicodemus had failed to understand was that this obedience to God required the heart fully in love with God and that the sinful heart that men possess cannot produce that kind of love and that kind of obedience. And so what was necessary from the very beginning was a new heart. Moses called it a circumcised heart. Uh, Jeremiah built on that and said that it was a new heart. Uh, Ezekiel built on that and said it was a new heart that was inhabited by the Holy Spirit. All of them are speaking of this wonderful promise of regeneration. And God was promising through Moses at that time in, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 and through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36. God was promising to this nation that had failed over and over again to live in a place in which they could receive the covenant blessings that God had promised. God was promising there was coming a day when as a nation and a whole, from one breadth of the nation to the other breadth of the nation, every single person in the land would be regenerate. So the nation as a whole would in a moment be able to give God that love, that persistent love that would bring blessing upon them. And what is being described here is that regenerative moment that will take place at the end of the tribulation period before Christ establishes the reign upon the earth for a thousand years and reigns out of Jerusalem and out of Israel. A moment of time in which all of Israel will turn to Christ and believe and trust in him and be regenerate at once and it will issue in a moment of blessing that will come upon all the earth. So the Bible says at that time the, uh, the knowledge of God will cover the earth like the waters of the sea. Isaiah actually pictures this moment of this mass turning the whole nation of Israel in rebirth in Isaiah 66. And there he speaks of a future day when the nation of Israel will in one day be spiritually born. He asked the question, can a nation be born in one day? And the answer is yes, it will happen. Paul actually refers to what Isaiah has spoken about and what Jeremiah has spoken about and Ezekiel what Moses has spoken about before in Romans chapter 11 verses 26 and 27. Gathering together God's plan for the ages and God's plan for Israel and through Israel and their return and their full regeneration, a blessing that will be enriched and go beyond even what we've known in this time period, in this day of our lives. He writes in verses 26 and 27 of Romans 11, And so all Israel shall be saved. And it shall be written, There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. It's coming. This is what Ezekiel was prophesying, Moses was prophesying, Jeremiah was prophesying, a day when the new covenant would sweep in over all the nation of Israel at once, and hearts would be changed to produce a deep individual knowing and loving of God. Jeremiah 31, 34 again. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. So we've said it's going to take place in the millennium. And it will flow out from the nation of Israel to all of the nations around them so that all the peoples of the earth will come into a deep knowing of God, a profound heart change that will produce a deep, rich love for God and produce a prolonged obedience to God that will enable God to pour out his blessing upon them and upon the nations and upon all the earth. And What will require is that God transform hearts. 
and give men new hearts, regenerate hearts. And that's what God says through Ezekiel, I'll do. I'll change their hearts and I'll put my Holy Spirit within them. Now, if Nicodemus had simply grasped the complete failure of the nation of Israel to love God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength, if he had completely begun to grasp that God and all of it had, had brought judgment upon them, but in the midst of the judgment, God promised that there was coming a day when all the nation by the Spirit of God be turned to have a transformed heart to love him in that way and to be able to endure in that loving. And as a result, God would one day pour out all these blessings upon the nation of Israel. Here's what the right response would have been as Nicodemus read that. Here's what God must do. He must change our hearts. He must change our hearts to give God what God wants. And here's Nicodemus' proper response. Oh God, change my heart now. Regenerate me and bring your life into me now. That should have been the right response. It's impossible for me to think that Ezekiel and Jeremiah wrote of a day in which the nation of Israel who had failed to bring the love that God was asking from them because they did not have circumcised hearts. They did not have new hearts. And they could read that God was promising a day of national repentance and national regeneration. And they could say, oh, that'll be nice someday. Oh, that'll be good for them. You think it's possible? Ezekiel and Jeremiah wrote of these things. Oh, they wrote about it and said, oh, God, let it be true in my life. Change me and transform me and make me new and regenerate my heart now. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.